We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, another super chat from Tyler. Thank you very, very much. He goes, I know I'm late, but my goodness, Young's tape is amazing. He's going to be a problem. Great instincts. I'm sold on him. I think the thing that Tyler says that makes sense that I that I love too is it's it's oh, he's not physical and oh the speed. Great instincts. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's the ultimate thing because Vince, you and I have seen guys that aren't great athletes necessarily, aren't aren't huge. Be real. Kyron Williams is is not. He's a four five eight. Came to my mind. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but he had great instincts. Mm -hmm. And if you have that, and you've got some competitiveness to him, like Kyron had, Kyron is an ultimate competitor. uh, You're gonna you're gonna be successful in college. And Kedron is that. Plus, he's got better measurables. Yeah. So I like that. That's the thing you pointed out, Tyler. Is the instincts there are really impressive. Thanks, really Tyler. Impressive. Thanks, Tyler, for the super and thanks chat. for the super chat, my man. Appreciate you. I haven't seen you uh, in a while, Tyler. I haven't seen you chat in a while, so I'm glad to see you. See you still on the show, and and uh, thanks for the question. Appreciate that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. David says, Brian, what tier would you put Hartman in for quarterbacks this year? So somebody said that there's a... um, the athletic did something and Sam Hartman's oh. a tier four. I know ESPN had him in tier four. Uh, there's some silliness. Uh, two, four, seven, just ranked to release the top, a uh, top rankings of quarterbacks. And they have Tanner Mordecai from Wisconsin ahead of them. And then Austin Reed from Kentucky. They have Grayson McCall from coastal Carolina, all ahead of Sam Hartman. That's just stupid. See, I, I saw I mean, two, four, seven on Twitter that had him as the number five quarterback, which yeah. I think that's, at least that's arguable. Yeah, because he's behind this, Williams. This is and, this yeah. one guy. Uh, th- okay. This and this is more for this is for um, the NFL draft. Oh, gotcha. So how gotcha. you're going to have Grayson McCall? Look, all right. Can can we just be real about something here, real quick? First of all, it's two four seven. So it's so, just, I mean, borderline not worth my time. But I'm going to do it anyway because it's a mailbag and you asked it. Grayson McCall was a member of the 2019 recruiting class. That means he's going to be a sixth-year senior this year. If Grayson McCall was anywhere close to being the fourth-best quarterback prospect in a draft class, he would be going to his sixth freaking year. That's fair. Right? And you're definitely not going to have him ahead of Sam Hartman. Now, Sam Hartman's in the same boat. If Sam Hartman was going to be a first-round pick next year, like one of the questions we had down here was, uh, if Sam Hartman wins the Heisman, do you, do, do you could he go number one overall? No. Because the measurables don't change. Right. Right. He's not going to all of a sudden be 6'3. He's not going to all of a sudden be dynamic athletically. He's not going to all of a sudden have a rocket for arm. Now, I think I think he could go up recruiting boards more than some people do. I, or draft. I, I actually think Sam Hartman can, could skyrocket up draft boards if he goes out and wins a Heisman and leads Notre Dame to a championship or, or championship game. Because I think that some of the questions people have, you know, the, the system and all, it's, well, he's not that big. I get he's not that big, but there's several court. I mean, Bryce, he's bigger than Bryce Young. He's not that much smaller than C.J. Stroud, if we're being real about it. You know, he's smaller, but it's not like C.J. Stroud, 6'5", 240. Right. You know, he's not, it's, like, it's not like C.J. Stroud's built like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, right? So, I, but, I mean, going number one pick, no, he's not going to do that. I mean, he right. could go out there and completely outplay Caleb Williams. Like completely it's not going to matter. And it won't matter because Caleb Williams has far right. better measurables. Correct. The upside is now, higher. Could he go in the first round? I, yeah, depending on the how NFL, things go. Look, if Will Levis can be a, t- a high second round pick, then Sam Hartman can be a high second round pick. So Will Levis is garbage. Well, I mean, the he, caveat here though is if Sam Hartman wins the Heisman, right? That's right. gonna exactly. He's gonna head up the draft boards because of that, and it means he had some monster games against some really good teams, and, and that's the thing for me that's gonna answer some questions. But look, I'm not an NFL draft expert at all. We're fans no. of the NFL draft. We're not experts. 
But if Will Levis can be a high second round draft pick, as bad as he was, then I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy the notion that if Sam Hartman throws for 4,000 yards and leads their name to the national championship game and is even a finalist for the Heisman Trophy that he can't skyrocket up boards. I mean, you know, and because it would mean he also has, you know, three healthy years. The one injury that he had was not football related. Uh, it was a health issue, not an injury even. So even using the word injury doesn't even make sense. It was a health as a health issue. So, yeah, I just, um, yeah, man, I just, is he going to go first overall? No, but is, could he be a big time quarterback and a potential Heisman guy? Sure. Sure. I mean, I'll say it again, Vince. Ian Book finished in the top 10 right. in a year he threw 15 touchdowns. Well, always my go-to passes. when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know? I'm sorry. It just is. Just Notre Dame just hasn't had a dynamic quarterback in so long right. that it, it's become a moot point as far as the Heisman Trophy and all of that right. stuff. It just it just is. I, As far as tier, it depends on how you do it, right? It depends on how you do your tiers. I, personally, I think he's tier two. Right. Because tier one's Caleb Williams and Drake May. 100%. Right. And then he's yep. in that tier two with Michael Penix and Bo yep. Nix and Jordan Travis. Yes. For me. That's where he is. And That's maybe, two. maybe Jaden Daniels. Maybe. Yep. You know, I still need to see more from Jaden Daniels before I can put him in that, in those categories. But, but with Jordan Travis and Bo Nix and Michael Penix, yeah, he's in that category. Absolutely. And anyone that, that says category. he's not out of their people act like he came, he's coming from the conference USA. That's the hilarious thing. Like, well, we'll see what he does with comp. Like half the teams he's going to play this year. He played at freaking Wake Forest. Right. Right. Like, what are we doing here? He didn't transfer from North Dakota State. He didn't transfer from like Sam Houston. He transferred from freaking Wake Forest. They played in the ACC title game two years ago. You know, he's 2 and 0 against Jordan Travis. He's 3 and 0 against Florida State as a starter. Like, what are we doing here? You know, so starter at Wake Forest. Like, it's, yeah. (laughs) It's just comedy. Some of this is just silly. Some of it's just silly. It really is just silly. Jay says, I want to know, oh, I know it's early, but what does the 25 running back board look like? And is there a dude? Well, there are several dudes. I mean, so first of all, Jay, just in full disclosure, I have not watched all the 25 kids that they've offered. Um, it's just, there's, they've offered so many and I don't have enough time in the day, but they've offered <laughs> over 10 kids, 12, 13 kids already. Uh, I've seen Gideon Davidson from Virginia. He's very good. Uh, Jordan Davidson from uh, Modern Day, who I don't think they're going to get. He's very good. Usman Kroma, Kroma from Georgia, really good player. Uh, one of the kids they offered is a kid named Anthony Rogers. He just committed to Alabama. So uh, we'll have to – I'm going to actually update that now. So you're doing live updates right in the middle of the show, Vince, because I <laughs> normally Ryan updates these, but he's still uh, on paternity leave. So still he's not in the there. new baby. Yeah, so I mean, there's some good players on the board. That's some really talented players on the board. It's a really good running back class from what I've seen, uh, of who I've seen. And um, but as far as who who their top guys are, I it's a little too early to tell. I think one guy for sure that I that I feel comfortable saying is a, is a top target for Notre Dame is Gideon Davidson because of when they offered him and the fact that they they've been out to see him. I think that matters. They've been down to see Tory Blaylock. I think the other part to to con- consider that I that I don't know that I have the huddle that I have the answer for the huddle for I'm typing in huddle into the thing the thing I don't know that I have the answer for right now Vince is uh, I don't know if I if I know what type of back they're looking for in the in the 25 class like I don't I don't know if they're looking for a shifty change of pace guy right I don't know if they're looking for um, a, another you know pure back. I, I don't really know what they're looking for 
And so that's kind of part of the issue for me is, you know, without knowing that, like, I don't, it makes it harder for me to know what exactly they're looking for. Um, so that, that's my question. And, and I know a guy that, that another guy that I know that they're high on too. And, and I haven't watched much of his film yet. Cause again, it's 25 and it's really early, but there's a kid out of Louisiana that I know the staff likes a lot, like a lot can name James Simon. And, and again, you follow, follow the actions, right? Who did they get out and see this year? when they were out looking at 24 kids and trying to close on the 24 kids, who'd they go out and see? Well, they went out and saw Ozmane Kruma, Chroma. They went out and saw him. They went out and saw James Simon. They went out and saw Gideon Davidson. Uh, they went down and saw Tory Blaylock. They went out to Maryland and saw uh, Carlton Smith. Like, right. Those are guys they went out and saw. I think so. And I know that James Simon is a guy that, that I think they're pretty high on Gideon Davidson. Ozmane is a guy. So those are some early names, but as far as where they stand with those kids, it's, it's too early to tell to be honest with you, at that particular position. I think part of it, too, was they didn't really know what they were going to do until they figured out who their number two running back in this year's class was going to be. Sure. It makes and a difference. So I think yeah. Now that, yeah, now that that's in there, then you're you're ready to go. Terry Gillery, what past quarterback in history does CJ seem the most like? Well, the comp I gave for him is Joe Burrow, and, and, and here's why. Again, I'm not predicting he's going to have Joe Burrow numbers. But here, here's the things I see. Similar body type, 6'3", you know, 190-ish, 195 coming out of high school, be probably 200 pounds. I think CJ will end up being 210, 215 when it's all said and done. I don't know if he'll be quite as thick as Joe, but Joe's not a real huge guy. Uh, and he's not like Josh Allen or anything like that. Uh, Joe has a really good arm, but not an elite, elite, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type of arm strength. CJ's the same way. CJ has a strong arm. He doesn't have Dylan Rayola's arm strength but he has elite arm talent. He's a guy that can change, change, change arm angles. He's very accurate. He's got great ball placement, which is very similar to what made Joe Burrow so good. He's a great decision maker. He goes to, he processes information really quickly like Joe Burrow. And the other part of his game that gets underrated that I think was a very underrated part of Joe Burrow's game at LSU is he's really dynamic with his legs in a non-running manner. You know what I mean, Vince? Like, so CJ's not going to go out there run for 700, 800 yards. He uses his athleticism to break tackles and spin around and buy time and then throw the ball down the field. Right, right. I think CJ's his eyes down the field and the whole thing. Yeah. Easy five star player. So, skill set. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be the number one overall pick. I'm not saying he's going to put up 5,000 yards passing and 60 touchdowns like Joe Burrow did. I'm just saying the skill set that most that I see most when I look at CJ Carr is Joe Burrow. Do you have a strong disagreement with that, Vince? No, I, I trust your, dis, your, your comp. You're, you're so much better at comps than I am because you have so many more players in your head. Um, but I, from a physical standpoint, from what yeah, I've just seen traits. of Joe Burrow, yeah. absolutely. The traits fit. Absolutely. From a college, I'm talking college, yeah. Joe Burrow. And, you know, coming out of high and, school, and again, not saying Heisman trophy, Record setting, it just style of play is 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 there. That's what I see. Uh, Sam Hartman for Heisman. I am confused on Kedron not being a consensus top ten running back. What is he missing in your opinion? I thought I saw he was like the eighth running back in somebody's rankings. Only that's on not, three. Okay, not consensus. But like, obviously, no, no. And some of these rankings, like I've said, are this year is it, it's it gets worse and worse and worse every year. 
But so you look at Keedron Young, and, and uh, two, on three has him as the number 82 player in the country and the number eight running back. Rivals has him at number 213 and number 16 running back. And then ESPN doesn't even have him in the top 300. And 247 wow. don't have him there. And, and they neither one of them have him in this top 50 in the state of Texas. They have him as number 22 and 25 running back. If there are 22 or 20, or if there are 21 or 24 running backs better than Keedron Young, this is one of the greatest running back classes in the history of high school football. And I always <laughs> use that, but it just it gets the point across. I even think rivals having 15 guys ahead of him is a little nutty because I've seen a lot of the running backs this year, and I don't think that there's 15 guys ahead of them. I'm still trying to find more than five or six, and that's just because I haven't watched everybody yet. But uh, he's a top 100 back for me. I can't tell you what other people are not seeing about him. I, I, I have no idea. Because if I saw what they saw, I'd have him ranked lower. Right, exactly. So I have no clue what they're not seeing. I, I mean, to me, it can't be speed. It can't be production. It can't be athleticism. It can't. I mean, I don't know what he's missing. So there's sometimes you look like Isaiah Canyon. I'm as a top hundred player. I get why some may not. He played quarterback. He's played DB, but he's not a pure receiver. Okay, I get it. Now having him as a three star, that's stupid. But I can understand somebody not having the top hundred like I have him in the top hundred. This one I don't get. I, I I don't I like I can understand why some people aren't as high on Bryce Young. I'm actually don't have Bryce Young ranked as high as some of the services do, because I you know I see a lot of rawness. I see what they see. I know why they haven't ranked higher because they they don't have the two tier system like I have, which allows me to say right now he's here, but he could end up being here. I have no clue, no clue what they're looking at when they see Kedron Young, and don't view him as a top at least top one fifty. Like if you want, like the floor to me would be where Rivals has him, but the fact that he's ranked second highest by Rivals, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I like I didn't know, and, and I don't know what it comes down to because I felt the same way about Jadarian Price. I don't know what they were missing, and then of course he comes here, and I've got Notre Dame coaches at the time telling me, "Dude, he was our best running back in the spring." I mean, Vince, you and I talked about this. Oh yeah, he was our best running back in the spring, and Audric was healthy, Tyree was healthy, and Diggs was healthy. He just was better than all of them. You know, that kid wasn't even a top 150 back, barely top 200 back by some people. I I don't know, man. Sometimes you can see it and explain it. Like, what, why on three has CJ Carr at 193? What, what could it be? I have no clue. No clue. I have no clue what somebody might see, Vince. Uh, his, do you? His last name I is mean, not Manning. That's it. That. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Name recognition, but his last name is Carr, so yeah. I don't, you know, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't it make sense. sense to me, man. It really, it, it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but that is what it is. I'm going to read this one, Vince, because I want you to answer it. This is from Adam Shipley. He says, "Can you explain your view on 40 speed versus football and football speed?" Kyron Williams ran slower 40, but also always looked fast in the field. Do you think it shows up on high school film? Number one, I do think it shows up on high school film to a degree. You also have to understand who they're playing against, you know, the competition, that kind of a thing. But there's lines on the field. So you can see how fast a guy is going, not necessarily who he's running against, right? So uh, there, there is a bit of – got a buddy who, you know, is my, is my son's track coach. He's been my friend for a really long time. And we talk about playing time and all that. So he's like – he goes, the only, the, only, uh, the only thing I care about is what's on the clock. Right. What what, the, what what does the stopwatch say? He's like, that's my favorite thing. And he's absolutely right. When I'm watching a kid run on a football field, I can tell whether he's fast or not based on how fast he goes past the lines that are painted on the field. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is a competition standpoint and I totally get all that. So that's that part. 
The difference, in my opinion, between 40 speed and football speed is exactly what we talked about earlier when it's we're talking about acceleration and we're talking about how fast can you get from zero to 60, you know, in car terms, right? How fast can you go and get to your top speed? Can you get there faster than another guy? And you talked about top speed of a wide receiver. It can take longer for a wide receiver to get to a top speed and that's okay. What I want from my running back, and if you want to call that football speed, that's fine. You can call it sprinter speed versus football speed. That's cool because I want my football speed, I want my running back to be able to accelerate fast. I want him to be able to get from point A to point B much faster, uh, and then he can take off and get once he's at his top speed. Because I want you to get through that second level quicker then a wide receiver would be able to get to the second. Because there is no second level for wide receiver if you're running a go route or whatever. I want my running back to be able to go from zero to 60 much faster, and then he can get to his top speed and do whatever he does at the top of it, right? It's that, and, and if we're talking about Kedron Young, which I'm sure why this question is being asked, if you watch his film, watch how fast he goes from the line of scrimmage to eight yards down the field. His speed is crazy. I love that. Now, his top speed, it's not elite. His top speed's not elite, but he gets to that top speed so fast, that's how he's able to run away from guys. And mm-hmm. that's that's what I want from a, from football speed. I want that 0 to 60 and how fast can you get there? I also don't think that um Kyron Williams looked fast on the field. He looked quick on the field. And there's there's the difference. I mean, he ran fast. like a 458 guy in college. Right. But this is my whole point. A four, five, eight guy that's got three or four steps on you is not getting caught. I mean, like the North Carolina 90 yard run, him running a four, five, eight, he's not getting caught by any four, four guys unless they have a great angle on him. They're not catching him from behind unless they're right behind him. And and so he's more quick than he is fast. I, right. I, I was not shocked by his 40 speed. That's probably oh, yeah. expected it to be sure. high four, five. That's what he looked like. Uh, he always had that. I mean, that was never a question. It's just I felt to be that size, he needed to be faster than that. And I and I did not give him enough credit for just the football player that he was. But to your point, Vince, there's there's a difference between a 4-4 guy on the track and a 4-4 guy on a football field. Absolutely. Because you're never running straight line all right. that often. So right. that 10 to 12 to 15 – like most r- routes, you rarely run. I mean, other than a straight go route, you're hardly ever running on a straight line. And even then, you've got to avoid somebody. You know, exactly. so exactly. You, you know, post routes, you're running out, 15 you got... and then running a post. So right. I, okay, I care if you're going to, if a burner in a post is not a guy that runs a 4 4 as uh, per se, it's a guy that runs a 4 4 because he's got great starts, because he's going to have a great start getting into that t- to his stem. And then he's going to have a great acceleration out of the top end of his route. That guy's going to get open. A four six guy that's got that is going to get open faster than a four four guy who has a slow start or as fast as a guy that runs a four four but has is a slow starter and is a little tight in the hips or really tight in the hips. My four six guy is going to get open more on post routes because he's got great starts and he's got loose hips to get out of those top ends. He's going to be a better route runner and a better player than the four four guy that's a slow starter and has tight tight hips. Now the great it's ideally the great ones. Are four fours, they're fast off the line, and they're great. Jamar Chase, yes. right? Yes, right. he's a four four, but he's also a four four step one. He also is very flexible in loose hips, so he can run great routes. Justin Jefferson is another example. So that's why those guys are dominant as well. But who else is dominant? 
Devontae yeah. Adams, who's a four six, but right. also has those traits. Cooper Cup, who's a four six that does those things. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but at the end of the day, some four four guys play football fast. Some don't. Right? Miles Boykin never played, in my opinion, like a four four three or a four four two ever. Chase did. I wasn't shocked that Chase ran a low 4-4. I was floored that Miles Boykin ran a low 4-4. Notre Dame people kept telling me he was going to because he did that on the – but I'm like, I, he never – he he played like a really athletic 4-5-ish, 6-4, 220-pound guy. That's Now, that's still fast. Right, no, absolutely, size, yeah. But he never played like a 4-4-2 guy, right? Chase did. Kevin Austin did at times. And so that's that's um that's a really good question, Adam. I, I like love that it. one. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. great. Amen. Yep. I don't know if that one's for that. I accidentally clicked on that one. <laughs> no, I like, Amen. Uh, <laughs> Charles Lynch. If Scott rushing Beasley, Bronte, Lambert, Kingston, Minky, and Nelson commit and no one else, where would you rank this class? I mean, I don't know who no one else is. I mean, that's kind of everybody. <laughs> so you you got Scott and rushing. You got Beasley, Bronte. You got the second That's safety. You got guys. the old lineman. You got the tight end. I mean, everybody that we just mentioned, he said, where would I rank that class? That's a top three class, in my opinion. I don't care what the rankings say. That's a top three class. There's not going to be two classes that I would rank higher than that. That's an elite, elite class. I think the odds of them getting all those guys are slim. Because I don't I, – I have – I'll say this. If they get rushing and Scott, I'm never saying a bad thing about – Al Washington on the recruiting trail. I'll, I'll, no, I'll right. say ever because I'm, I'm capable of that. Things can change. I'm yeah. going to go a full year where I'm going to vow, other than just disagreeing about a specific player, you won't hear me say a, a single critical word about Al Washington as a recruiter for an entire year because that, along with who they already have, right, is, right. In a, is a that is a gap erasing class. If you give me rushing and Scott with Logan Thomas – with Cole Mullins, with Bryce Young, and with Sean Silvagliano, that is a gap-erasing defensive line class, and especially when you compare it and when you combine it with last year's class. And then the class before that with Tyson Ford and Josh Burnham and Junior Tullamaka and Aiden Gobira and Donovan Heinish, now all of a sudden Notre Dame's going to have one of the five most talented defensive lines in the country the next couple of years. I would argue that's true if they only get one of those two guys. That's how important those two guys are. But if they get both of them, you'll you'll see me you'll see me praising out Washington to the high heavens, man. And I, I will literally go a year from that date when the second guy commits, uh, or and I won't say a bad word about Al Washington as a recruiter, not at all, not at all. That's how big that would be. I mean, that's that'd be that's some a serious close. That's an Alabama D line class. That's uh, Mariano Rivera closing. Uh, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that's that's bringing in Randy Johnson in the ninth <laughs> inning of the. Remember that when they when yes. when the when the 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 Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks. and the Yankees played was was a game yeah. seven or six. Yeah. Which game was they brought in Randy Johnson? I'm like, come on, you well, guys are just I, being jerks now at this point in time. I yeah, I, I I believe it was it was game seven, but I I could be I could be wrong. I, I'm gonna actually not, look like 1998. Up. Yeah, uh, I believe 98, 99, it, it, like in that. No, it was no, it 2001. Was, uh, yeah, it was it was after 9-11. Yeah. It was 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna see yeah. this. I'm gonna see if I can find the box score of that. But it's just kind of like, okay, this is over. This is just silly. This is over. I'm gonna see if that was it, Vince. Yeah, you're correct. They brought him in for an inning and a third. So Schilling pitched seven and Schilling third. started it. Yeah. Yep. And uh-huh. he had he had how how that guy's not in the hall fair. of fame. 
is just ridiculously stupid. They brought in Miguel Batista get an out uh, in the eighth, and then uh, to finish the eighth, they brought in Randy Johnson. And uh, needless to say, the Yankees didn't do anything. And no. They won three to two. Yeah, but I mean, think about this. You know who pitched for the Yankees in that game? Roger Clemens, Mike Stanton, and, and Mariano Rivera, and the Diamondbacks got two runs off of Mariano. Oh yeah, that was the big. I yeah. rem- I remember it like it was yesterday. One of them was only one of them was earned, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. I that was uh, it was wild, and that's after nine eleven and all that. Yeah, that was that was crazy. And the Yankees lost. It was beautiful. Yeah, that's right. the best part about it. Josh Buffo, the the motivational business banker. If Al Golden does well and goes head coach or NFL or does bad and gets let go, does Notre Dame hire from within and make it, make Coach Mickens defensive coordinator for his recruiting ability and the fact that Marcus Freeman can help him? There's no way they promote Mike Mickens because of his recruiting ability. None. If they promote Mike Mickens a defensive coordinator, and and I'm not opposed to that. I don't know Coach Mickens' like uh, potential as a coordinator. I know he can coach the heck out of corners. Not every position coach is a great coordinator. I I don't know. I'd have to study a little bit more and and uh, try to learn about what he would want to do and all that kind of stuff. And but uh, I know he's a great teacher and a recruiter. You do not promote a guy to coordinator because of his. Uh, Alabama did that with Tosh Lupau. Remember that one year they they hired him away from somebody because they it, the only way they could get him is to be the coordinator, and he was a disaster as a coordinator that year. You promote a guy to run your defense because he can run your defense like a champ. And and uh, Marcus Freeman's already spread thirty pretty thin right now. He's traveling around the country. He's trying yeah. to recruit the whole class. Now you're going to throw on – he needs to help the defensive coordinator he needs to be out. the co-defensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah, that's not – no. I, And I'm not saying that Coach Mickens couldn't do it on his own. That that's that's not the conversation yes. we're having. So you don't hire him knows that. Yeah. because of his recruiting right. ability. Right. If you promote exactly. Mike Mickens, which I'm not I'm not opposed to. I mean, right. to me, that's the best way to keep him here. Right. Absolutely. But he's got to be able to do the job. Absolutely. Now, what I could see also is maybe a co-coordinator role where you have a linebacker's coach that's a co-coordinator with coach Mickens. I could see that for sure I would do. I would look into can Coach Mickens coach an entire defense? I have – I don't know why he couldn't because look how good he is as a corners coach. Look how good he is as a recruiter. But I can't say for sure that he would because I just don't know enough about his – because you can't just be – you just can't be knowledgeable of the corners to be a coordinator. you right, got to be able to know right. all of it. Absolutely. And and so I would just need to st- learn and study and maybe do some research on that. It wouldn't shock me. But if if they make the move, Josh, and this is Vince's point, my point, it's because he can do that. You think he can do that job at a high level. Him being a great recruiter is just a bonus, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, it would be. Um, it would have to be something like that. It would have to be. So, uh, real quick on this question, Nathan Milton, which players at Irish Invasion do you hope Notre Dame lands? I wasn't there, so I can't speak too much on it. I'd like to see him get Chris Burgess. Uh, I'd like to see him get Blaine Bradford, who's a 2026 kid. Outside of that, I just haven't watched a lot of film of the other guys. I've seen a little bit of Derek Meadows. He very much intrigues me, the kid from uh, Bishop Gorman. But since I wasn't there, it's kind of hard for me to to have much sure. of an opinion on yeah. that. I apologize, but uh, I do appreciate the super chat, super chat, uh, very very much. From Cleveland, C V L E N G O H. 
I have a <laughs> difficult time with that one as well. I'm sorry. I apologize that I didn't know what it was. Reading between the lines, Price doesn't seem to get mentioned a lot. Is there a big concern with the staff that he may need to medically retire? No. His injury. First of all, we talked about him during the show. Thing like it, I mean, yeah. hopefully he's back and, and ready to go. Like he could potentially play, but I've I've heard a lot of people talk that are saying he may not be like a hundred a hundred percent for like eighteen months. And if that's the case, you're talking after the season. So I don't. He's not going to medically retire, but he right. may not be a hundred percent when the. I also starts. think the premise is incorrect because we literally talked about him during the show. This show we talked about him. Uh, I, but he was two classes ago. So we're going to talk about the most recent class. And that's why I said like, you know, it's just, it's just not going to be part of a two classes away. We talked about him during the show. And every time we talk about the running backs for 2023, we talk about Jadarian price. So I, I don't, Absolutely. I don't accept the premise, but no, there's no conversation about, about him medically retiring. The only question we ever have is when will he be healthy? When would be ready for this season? That's the only question mark. So I don't, I don't, I just don't accept the necessarily the, the preference there, the, the premise there that uh, we don't, he doesn't get mentioned a lot. We talk about Jadarian Price all the time. I literally during the show, we were talking about how I had him as a top 100 back and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't accept the, the premise there. But um, no, there's no, there's no concern for us. He's have to medically retire. He'd have to have another. I mean, because remember, Sean yeah. Crawford came back and, and played a ton of football for Notre Dame after two ACLs and an Achilles injury. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Irish Town, IB. Do you think we should go out and get two new transfers, or should we extend them to? Are you talking about the two extra scholarships mm-hmm. that are out there right now, or ex- mm-hmm. extend them to two Ivy grad transfer walk-ons? I, I, two I would the two, so that would be the that would be the punter Krim, and then the Cole Aubrey oh, kid is the edge rusher. Uh, right, I, I would. I, yeah, I don't want those. To only, I don't want those to be the only two options, though. Either, yeah. like, I, I feel like there's there's guys on the roster that you could give a scholarship to. There's, you know, yeah, you could potentially look at the transfer portal, but how many guys are actually going to be there now in the middle of June that you're going to want for August? Like, I feel like it's a little picked over at the moment. So that's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, so I think you probably end up looking at your current roster and who's, who's there. Right. And, and who you could extend those scholarships to that are already on your roster. Could it be the Ivy grad transfer guys? Could be, I mean, yeah, we'll see. What so do you think? Number one, the Ivy grad transfers are used to paying uh, big bills <laughs> because they're not on scholarship at the Ivy league school either. Uh, I don't, I still don't believe Ivy's give out athletic scholarships. Correct. I still don't they think do they do not. No, they don't. They give out academic, but right. not definitely not. not for football. Yeah, no, definitely not for football. Uh, I would rather see it go to a kid who's been in the program for a long time. You know, I, I'd rather see it go to a, a, a Marty hour, right? A kid who, who's a walk on it is going to maybe have a chance to play for you this year. That kid could play some special teams. I, yes. I like that kid a lot, yeah. a lot. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather see it go to a, a, a Quinn Murphy who may not play a lot for you in the offensive line this year, but that kid has been a, you don't see a whole lot of four or five year uh, walk on linemen. You know, you just usually guys just will quit or, you know, the, the something else will happen. Right. You know, that guy's, that guy's been a very much a, a model of kind of the, the type of young man you want to have. Honestly, Vince, I'd rather see go to a guy like that. I'd rather yeah, see too. go to, 
Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other some other examples of guys who've been here a while, like Davis Sherwood's on not. Why is he still listed as a walk on? I, I was going to say he said scholarship. I thought. Yeah, I don't know why I have an asterisk by his name as a walk on. I'm not sure about that. I'd rather see go to a Zach Yokum, who's your starting kickoff guy. Right. I'd rather see go to a, a you know a, so, just some of those one of those other guys that have been you know Eddie Scheidler. Those guys have been around the program for four or five years. I'd rather go to them or go to like a Luke Talich, you know, a, a walk on who like, dude, he's eventually going to get a scholarship. Let's just lock him in now and not run the risk of him going somewhere else next year. You know what I mean? Um, those would be guys that I would rather have as opposed to, and, and that's no, that's no disrespect to Ben Krim. He's, I, he's got a good shot to be the team's primary punter this year. It's Absolutely. no disrespect to Cole Aubrey, yep. who I expect to be a good special teams player this year. It's more about just looking at, looking at the guys that have been here a while and saying, those kids to me are who I would reward with that one year scholarship. I'd rather see one of those type of guys get it or even heck, even Vince, a uh, uh, Justin Fisher, you know, if, if he's a, if he, one of those special teams kids is going to play for you, I think are the ones that to me deserve that more. And th- again, no disrespect to the IBC, the Ivy train. I'm glad that they're, I'm glad Ben Crim's coming. I'm so glad John Sott came last year. Absolutely. You know, I'm so, I, I, I like what Cole Aubrey can potentially bring as a special teams guy. I'm just also a believer when it comes to to walk on scholarships, either give it to a guy like Luke Talich, who is basically turning down scholarships to come play for you because he's a Division One football player, or for at least a year, let him walk on like he agreed to, give that scholarship to one of the the older, you know, Quinn Murphy, Marty Hour, Eddie Scheidler, those type of walk on kids. I think are just more deserving of it because they've they've been a part of this team, they've done everything they've been asked to do. Uh, it's and, and I'm leaving other guys that could be candidates off. I'm just saying like those are the ones that just kind of pop in my head a little bit, Vince. If that if that makes sense. So it's, it's not like other guys aren't deserving of it. It's just those are the ones that right. to me. That's why I would turn towards yeah. your own roster and yeah. and go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Plus you get great social media out of it. So yeah, and <laughs> and it's great for team building too, right? I mean, because players want to see that stuff. Absolutely. They want to see. Yes. So, hey, look, why am I here for four years? Well, number one, I love being part of this team. But number two, I know there's a chance that I could get a scholarship someday. You know, and oh, I'm sure, sure. Parents, parents yeah. don't have give me even heck, even one year of not being on scholarship at Notre Dame is saving parents almost six figures. You know what I mean? So, oh, no <laughs> doubt about it. It's it's between seventy five and hundred thousand dollars. Like, I yeah. mean, it's legit a lot of money. So, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
From Eric, Brian, what's y'all's opinion on the 247 recent mock draft having Joe Alt getting drafted 25th overall and the fourth offensive tackle taken? Well, that's a joke. I don't – that's hilarious. I mean, I have a hard time believing that that would happen. But I also would have – if you'd have told me a year ago Michael Mayer's going to put up the numbers he put up and not be a first-round pick, I would have said you're you're out of your mind. Uh, the NFL is a weird deal. I'd just be – that's a premium position. I'd be shocked if he's the – first of all, I mean, the fourth – if the fourth best tackle on the board gets drafted, he's probably not getting drafted 24th. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up right now, Vince, but like this See past many, year – Like it would be higher? Like there would be more yeah, tackles that would like go? Like this yeah. past year, the fourth offensive tackle got drafted at 27. is a kid named Anton Harrison. He is not in the same category as Joe Wolf. Yeah. I mean, the fourth guy the year before was 19th. I mean, so it, unless it's just a bad tackle – I mean, the fourth guy in 2020 was 18th – or actually, excuse me, 13th uh, – you know, could he be the fourth guy drafted in a year like we had in 2020? Remember that year, Vince, where there was like four guys and they were kind of all battling for that number one spot? It was like Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, oh, Mackay yeah, Beckton, yeah, and yeah. Tristan Wirfs. Yep. It was like some teams had other guys yep. better. I still can't believe Mackay. The Jets took Mackay Beckton over Tristan Wirfs. And it's it's worked out exactly how you would have predicted. <laughs> one guy can't stay healthy and stay on the field, and the other guy's turned into an all-pro right. caliber offensive tackle. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, and 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 the all pros not Makai Becton, but that's just the Jets being the Jets. But that was a year where it's like you know, man, Andrew Thomas, you can't go wrong there. You can't go wrong with Jedrick Wills. You can't go wrong with Tristan Wirfs. And then there's the one guy that shouldn't have been drafted. But then of course Austin Jackson went like 18th or 19th that year too. The kid that for the Dolphins. So if it's a f- year like that, maybe. But I the other part of this is it's two four seven. Right. Right. Like I have a Vince, you know, I have a great deal of respect for like the Tims and and what they do at Irish Illustrated. That's a different deal. That's that's guys that specialize in covering their name. They do a great job. That's why they come on. That's why we want them on our shows. That's why we consider them friends and and, and we get along well with them because they, they do good work. I'm not talking about those guys. Right. I'm talking about the national stuff. They're becoming so, so much. more. I think on three has broke their brains. <laughs> I do. Because Shannon Terry, who started on three, started Rivals, sold it, then started 247, sold it. And and I think that as the further along they've gotten away from Shannon Terry, the worse it's getting because they're just handing the responsibilities over to people that just are lifers or people that shouldn't be. You know, like it went from Barton Simmons to who's running it now. And it's like, uh, it's not the same dude. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say this. There's no Division One football teams are going to go look to hire the dudes running 247 now to come run their recruiting operations and be their GMs, right? Let's be real about that. Right. And so, um, and I just, I think they're now doing things for clicks and just hiring people who aren't qualified to do things that they're being asked to do. And they just put out bad content. I mean, same guy that did that, I'm sure, is the same guy that has Tanner Mordecai and Grayson McCall and Austin Reed as higher draft prospects than Sam Hartman. Like so, it's uh, just makes perfect look, sense. We can continue to complain about how crappy what they do are, or we can just all assume that they suck from a national standpoint and just not paying attention to them anymore, and we'll yep. all be happier happier that way. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's the way I look about it. That I look at it. I just they've become so irrelevant to me, Vince. Like rivals is going to pass them soon, and when it comes to 
uh, fate, like the quality of the rankings because rivals is out there trying to hire people. They hired John Garcia. Uh, they're, they're hiring some other people that you're like, man, that's a good hire. Right. You know, like you're actually trying to hire people that have uh, integrity and ability. And, and I don't see two, four, seven doing that to be completely yeah. honest with you. And if it wasn't for a couple of the guys that they have, like Greg Biggins and Greg, Greg, Brandon Huffman, who, who are actually still really good. If those guys ever leave, they are in really big trouble, really big trouble. So um, I just I'd rather just stop talking about two four seven all all together. Again, we're from a national standpoint. It's just right. It's getting to the point where it's just not worth our time anymore. It, it really is. It really is. All right, last couple, Vince, and we're going to get up out all of right. here. So uh, we got three more, and then we got uh, I want I got a, a prayer request here that I want to uh, want to end things with. But let's go to Ray Holcraft. All right, Ray, given what you know today and both teams stay healthy on both sides, that's a, that's key, what are Notre Dame's advantages and disadvantages against Ohio State? Okay, advantages. I think that Notre Dame is going to have an advantage uh, in their defensive line against Ohio State's offensive line. Uh, okay. I think that um, – I think that uh, – um, I think that – Notre Dame, the, I, the, people are going to laugh this. I should like Notre Dame's pass catchers against Ohio State secondary. I'm not a big fan of Ohio State secondary. Uh, and I like what Notre Dame's going to do there. I think that's an advantage. Disadvantage, this offensive line needs to prove that it can play at a high level against that scheme plus talent. Here's the, here's the thing I'll say. Part of the reason Notre Dame was able to dominate Clemson's front seven, which is absolutely on the same par as Ohio State's talent-wise, if not better, is because Clemson just lined up and did what they do, and Notre and made it easy for Notre Dame. Because right. then Notre Dame said, "Hey, we're, but we're we're as good as you are, better, and we just go dominate." Jim Knowles is not that guy. That's not what hurt. No, Ohio State didn't just line up and say, "Our dudes are better than your dudes, and we're going to whip your butt all day." They had really good run stunts. They brought pressures from all over. They had really good delay schemes. It was first game of the year. And so there was some coaching involved to that butt whooping as well as it was game one of Notre Dame's tenure. But the fact of the matter is, is they didn't play well against that type of team. They have to show that they can outplay Ohio State. So as of right now, you say it's at least advantage, you know, a a wash, potentially advantage Ohio State because it's basically the same guys coming back that played in that game because you can't say, well, you know, Notre Dame has to overcome Jarrett Patterson. They didn't have Jarrett Patterson in that game last year either, Vince. Correct. Right? You had Andrew. So four of your five starters in that game are back. And most of Ohio State's defensive linemen and linebackers, with the exception of like Zach Harrison and a couple backups, are back. So you got to prove that you can outplay them there because they whooped your butt last year. Mm-hmm. So even though on paper I like Ohio Notre Dame's offensive line against Ohio State's front seven, games aren't played on paper. We saw what Ohio State's front seven did with the scheme that Jim Knowles is going to run, which is a lot more complex than what the defensive coordinator at Clemson did, which is different than what Brent Venables did. So to me, they've got to be able to prove that. And then the secondary has to prove that they can not give up some of the big plays they gave up last year. I think the Notre Dame secondary matches up very well against Ohio State. But who are going to make the big plays? Last year, Ohio State's secondary made more big plays than the Notre Dame's. Or excuse me, last year, Ohio State's receivers made the two huge plays for touchdowns, and then some of the really clutch sideline grabs to move the chains yeah, on those are big. The, the, the the real game. Couple those those two drives yeah. in the second half 
that turned a, Notre, a 10 to seven Notre Dame lead into a 21, 10 Ohio state lead. Right. It wasn't the Marvin Harrison going 50 yards for a touchdown. It was second and five great yeah. coverage. CJ puts the ball on the sideline. They make great grabs, right? Notre Dame secondary says, okay, you're not going to make those plays this year. So as of right now, again, looking at last year, they made more of the big plays than the Notre Dame secondary did. Their defensive line outplayed Notre Dame's defensive line. So until those units can prove that they can outplay them, you have to go advantage there. I actually thought Notre Dame's defensive line outs. I didn't think Isaiah Foskey played well. I thought I, I thought that Howard Cross played really well. Mm-hmm. I thought Riley Mills had a pretty good game that game. Uh, you know, so I think that and and then they lost. I mean, their their three best offensive linemen are all gone. And I think and, and you say, well, Notre Dame lost Isaiah Foskey. He was terrible against Ohio State last year. Jason Amiel was terrible against Ohio State last. So the two guys Notre Dame lost were awful in that game. Everybody that played well is back. True. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um uh so that's kind of where I uh where I look at that one, Vince. I I think it's kind of a wash right now. I think anyone acting like they're going to just dominate Notre Dame is just a clown who doesn't know anything about Notre Dame. And I'm being very specific. People who in the in the chat know exactly what I'm talking about. Um but if if I'm gonna predict that game, Notre Dame's got to prove they can win games like that, right? Absolutely. If you're being objective, you have to look say the rosters I think are even Ohio state has advantages in some areas. Notre Dame has advantages in other areas. If you have any clue of the both rosters, which I actually do know the opponent's roster and depth chart and can actually speak intelligently about the team that I don't cover. Uh, and so I will speak on it. Whereas some people are just not smart enough or don't do the, don't take their job serious enough to actually know who's on the other team to be able to speak intelligently about it. They, those people shouldn't listen to. Right. Can Notre Dame beat Ohio State next year? Absolutely they can. But this is the exact game that Notre Dame hasn't won yet as a Correct. program outside That's, of yep. well, they haven't because I Clemson agree. 2020 doesn't count to me as that type of type of win because Trevor Absolutely. didn't play. Yeah. Because Tyler Davis didn't play, because Mike Jones didn't play. Yep. Uh last year Clemson is it was ranked high, but you and I both know that last year's Clemson team wasn't like 2018 Clemson, 2016 Clemson, 2019 right. Clemson even. And so this is still the game that they have to prove that they can win. Mm-hmm. And now can they? Absolutely. They got to show it. But I think on paper, it's a pretty evenly matched game. There are some areas where Ohio State has the advantage. Notre Dame has the advantage of quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, if you're not going to agree to that, then 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 you're just not an honest person and you don't know football. So, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a good game. It's who has the best plan, who executes it, and then who makes the money plays. Right. That's going to be the key. So, um, yeah, I just threw a little bit more fire than I expected to throw on that one, Vince. Yeah, you it did. just kind of got to me. I think when you listen to the video, you'll understand where I'm going. Yeah, from. I have a feeling you're right. Yeah, because yeah. you're like, I'm talking about somebody very specific. That's great. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we get the last couple here. Here's a quick one real quick. Cam Williams versus Michael Floyd is a prospect. It's Michael Floyd, and it's not close. Michael Floyd was an exceptional prospect. Exceptional prospect. And he did what he did with a lot of injuries. Think about that. He lost chunks of two seasons at Notre Dame and still destroyed every pass receiving record in Notre Dame history with missing chunks of two seasons. All right, last last question here, Vince. These two are going to kind of go together. 
Okay. So Gideon Rosa says, is the Clemson momentum legit or is it all about Sammy Brown? And then uh, have this one from uh, Brandon Plisner. You can read Vince. It says Clemson is putting together a nice small class, especially at wide receiver. Just got TJ Moore, who is one of my favorite receivers. They're trending for Bryant Wesco. They've only sent out 59 offers in 24. This has been an interesting strategy from Clemson. They don't offer a lot of people. And it's a it's it's interesting, Vince. It's um you put yourself in a situation where if you have misses, you're in trouble. Yeah. They are riding Notre Dame with the running back that uh, ended up at Clemson. Yeah. Ended up working out okay for Notre Dame in the long run, but yeah. I like the class Clemson's putting together. Uh they're building it slowly. They just they they got two kids in the last couple days. Got Sammy Brown as a big pickup. Sammy Brown to me is not a five-star right now. But he certainly has five star talent. He's he's more of an athlete learning to play football or you know, plays football. He's a phenomenal athlete. His athleticism alone makes him a top fifty recruit. Then it's can he learn how to play football? But he's a great he's a he, he's a much better fit for what Clemson does than what Georgia does. I would I would argue. So I think he made a good decision there, and I understand why Georgia maybe didn't push for him. Um, but I I'll say this man he he's got a lot of talent there. I love I'm with you, Brandon. I think T.J. Moore's got a lot of ability. Uh, they got the Christian Betancourt kid from Illinois is a pretty good tight end. Um, they've got a couple good defensive linemen already so far. Champ Thompson's a good solid player, you know, good strong side end, could maybe move inside. Tavoy Fegan's a nice mm-hmm. DB. Uh, Noah Dixon's a good DB from Georgia. They're putting a nice class together. There's an offensive lineman, Casey Poe, that that they've made some moves with. The key is going to be they got to find – they've got to continue to recruit quarterback better. And and they yeah. went through a couple years where they, they were down. I think they had – They've started to recover. You got Cade Klubnik and, and Chris Vizina back to back years. That's important. Keep doing that, and those skilled players will start to come. But I, I think TJ Moore is is a big, tall, long kid that fits that system better than some of the other big, tall, long kids that were more physical. Like Bo Collins is a big physical guy. Jose, Joseph Angada was a big physical guy, Vince. The big guys they had that had success were the big vertical guys right. Mike Williams, T. Yeah. Higgins, Justin uh, Ross. It wasn't the big possession guys. TJ Moore fits that big vertical player more than the big possession guy. So I think I think it's a good fit. No, I, I think Clemson's doing well. And and we're going to do a show about this at some point in time over the summer. I'm just not sure when. We're going to talk about the programs that that are that are that to me are ascending, that are that it's good for college football and good for Notre Dame that they're ascending. Clemson beating those schools for Sammy Brown is important. Because he's not going to Alabama, he's not going to Georgia, he's not going to LSU. You know, getting TJ Moore away from those schools. Florida State is going to start beating LSU and Bama and Georgia for kids. They already are starting to do that. That's good because when the talent starts getting spread out more, that means those top teams come down a little bit, and those teams aren't going to be taking a lot of players from Notre Dame. They're just not, and so uh, I think that's good for college football. But I also think it's really good for Notre Dame. That that look, you take three, four kids away from Bama and Georgia a year, as long as Notre Dame does what they're supposed to do, all of a sudden that's also how what have I said, Vince? Closing the gap isn't just about you getting better, but you gotta start taking kids that those other schools want. Sure. Because that means they don't get them. Yep. And that's an important piece of this. Absolutely. Very important piece of this. And then uh this last one, Vince, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna handle this one. This is from Irish for Life. Is uh, a member of our board and, and has been on our channel Forever. from the beginning. He's one of the Forever. OGs. Uh, deals with a lot of a lot of 
physical pain and some some different issues. And he says, uh, uh, please pray, Brian D., please pray for me. My pain has been seriously bad, and I need to make it uh, make another doctor appointment Thursday or two weeks after that. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, buddy, you absolutely have it. Uh, and I know it's just been a, go, a rough go for you, especially the last year has been a really rough go for you, uh, not just physically, but also personally. Uh, you will certainly be in my prayers today. Uh, you are, are often going to be in my prayers. And uh, for those of you in our chat that are the believers in the power of prayer, like I am, I would ask that you lift up Irish for life. Uh, he is, and uh, in, in, you know, some of it he shares with us, but a lot of it you you don't know about and uh it's a it's a rough life and i'm and i don't envy him at all but i love the fact that he's a part of our community and Absolutely. uh feels like he can come to us and ask us for for ask us for that so uh buddy you definitely have it you definitely have my prayer and i know that uh there's other people in our chat that will also lift you up in prayer and when i say that i i've really tried to make it a, a, a pack vince where i would say hey i'll pray for you buddy and then you just like Hey, I'm offering you prayers, but you really don't. I, I, I hope that when people say, I'm going to pray for you, you actually make time to do it if you're someone who believes in the power of prayer, as I do. So uh, lift up our good friend, um, our good friend, Irish for Life, without question. So um, thanks, buddy. And uh, I think that's a, a good way to end uh, today's Absolutely. show, Vince. I think that's going to be the final question. First four-hour show you and I have done in a very long time, buddy. <laughs> no doubt so, about it. No yeah. doubt about it. But yeah. uh, always happy to be here. And uh, make sure you tune in in about an hour. Uh, it's going to be Tim Priester, Sean Styers, Jesse Styers, uh, Ivy Nation Sports Talk. So make sure you uh, go get some food. Come on back. Watch a little Ivy Nation Sports Talk tonight at 6 o'clock. Then make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and make sure you share with your family and friends. Uh, because the Ivy Nation uh, IB, Irish Breakdown Podcast, I'll get it right eventually, we're here every day, baby. IB Nation, be- buddy. That's it's cool. It's, it's IB right Nation. here. I got it right here. IB Nation. Got it right here on the shirt. And uh, make sure you, you know what? Check out the merch store, too. All kinds of mm-hmm. good stuff over there. I got some new shirts. I've been. Got you, this on there. Got that on Throwing them in there. the laundry, getting them all ready to go. Loving life. There. Absolutely. Yeah. We got all kinds of good stuff. I got my white hat back here somewhere, you know, it, you know, all kinds the of blue hat. Oh, see, look at that. Got the green hat. Oh, there's the white got one the right gray here. Gray hat. Oh, you got the white hat. Bam. Yep. It's good stuff, man. Yep. So there's good stuff on the merch store. And this new distressed hat too, Vince. Have you seen oh, these in the I store now not. too? Uh-uh. Yeah. So it's just, it's one of those distressed. It doesn't look good on camera because of the way that my my thing is, but uh, and I haven't quite fitted up yet. But it's a really nice one as well. Very cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Brian will be back tomorrow at 1. Ivy Nation Sports Talk tonight at 6. We will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.